the fire. Drawn to the one whose eyes glow with desire. I lay it all down for the sake of the cross. I'm burning all my bridges, God. I've counted the cost. Hallelujah. Are y'all blessed this morning? I'm blessed, man. What an awesome time in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I got 25 minutes, so I'm going to go after it. And then we're going to bring everything that the Lord's doing in this service into the next one. And, uh, and just, man, pray that God, God is restoring his bride. The Lord is just, he's, he's clothing his bride as we lay ourselves down. The Lord is just, he's clothing us with, with robes of righteousness. And, uh, and, and we're supposed to wash those in the blood of the lamb in the book of revelation it talks about, and God's preparing his bride. We have to be a bride that is willing to come to the bridegroom. And, uh, I want to talk about, um, today we're going to be moving into a new series called uh, a glorious people that God is wanting to make us a people of honor and a people of his glory, a people that are radiant with the beauty of the Lord. People that, that literally, like Moses coming down and his face shining, that we're a glorious bride, that we're a radiant bride. You know, a lot of times, and I think that our church, and we may revisit this year, significance in the body, and we may revisit um, just the importance of looking at his church the way he does. I used to, I used to love to talk about the church negatively. Until God said, that's my bride. You know, imagine being at a wedding and and the bride is, everyone stands in honor, right? When the music, here comes the bride, and everyone stands, and she's beautiful. I remember my bride walking down with no regrets, thinking, man, this is the one for me. And she's walking down, and everyone stands in honor of the bride. Imagine nobody standing, and people begin to boo. And people begin to say things and maybe even throw something at her and say, Psh, look at her. That's not a white dress. She's, she's stained. That's what we do when, when we talk about his bride. We have to begin to see the church the way he sees them with all her flaws. The same thing when we look in the mirror. Amen. See ourselves the way God made us, a glorious people. Learn to live in that place. Learn to live in that place where God makes us radiant as we lay ourselves down. What an awesome time of worship. God calling us into intimacy, which, by the way, that was all spontaneous. And God drawing us into the inner chambers so that he can fix us. Amen. We're not perfect overnight. We don't become glorious overnight. But God does things in our heart. In, in a process of sanctification where my heart, I'm not the same person I was three years ago. I'm not the same person I was five years ago. How many can say that? Amen. And if we're not moving forward, we're probably moving backwards. So let's move forward. But it's very important that we as a church learn it. This year is going to be a year where we become a glorious church. And I don't mean that on the outward of being cool. We will double in size this year. I prophesy it. But I believe that it's not just about the, the flashy things and the things that, you know, look really good from the outside. We're all dressed nice. Notice I'm wearing the jacket today. It's a new look for the year. See how long it lasts, Shane? February, maybe. But I just want to pour my heart out with this stuff today. Um, 
Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Actually, you don't have to turn there if you don't want to. We're going to have it up top. Ephesians 5, verses 27, uh, 25 through 27. And let's read it together. Husbands, love your wives. Selah. Let me read that again. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself, say, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. Leave it up there. Notice it says that as Jesus loved the church and gave himself that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. Remember, Jesus told the disciples that he said, you're, you're set apart because you're sanctified by truth. My word is truth. You see, it's the power of God's word and understanding his love that sanctifies us, that cleanses us, that sets us apart and makes us a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Say amen. So God wants to make us a glorious bride, a radiant bride as we lay ourselves down. See, we need to learn what honor is. The world's frame of honor is is much like, you know, um, we do most of the time in relationships. I'm going to honor you as long as you honor me. But that's not God's honor. If that was God's honor, he would have never came and gave himself for us. He loved us beyond our ability to love him back. His, his, our dysfunction of not being able to love God, we love him because he first loved us. Our dysfunction of being in sin did not stop him or change his honor in his heart to give everything to him, give himself to the church. That's honor. Honor is saying that I'm pouring myself out like a drink offering, like Paul said. I'm, I'm laying my life down completely. That's a glorious bride. A church that the world has been waiting to see is right here. That he might present to her uh, himself a glorious church. Say that with me. Say a glorious church. Radiant with the beauty of the Lord. Radiant with his grace. Radiant with his mercy. That people can come to us and it's like coming to the mercy seat. Because we're a type of the ark. We any time, any I was reading Zachary or reading Luke one and, and if you did your devotions for the first day of the year yesterday, we had an awesome time. Some of the youth were there and it wasn't it just a great time of doing devos. And I was reading where Zechariah the priest, the the lot fell on him basically to go in and burn the incense, the perpetual the golden altar of incense right outside the, the ark or right outside the, the Holy of Holies. And there was an angel that appeared, but it says they were praying in the hour of incense and the people thronged on the outside, but no longer do people have to throng on the outer courts. They have access. So it's through that, that place of access. People can come and access us and come to the mercy seat. See, the world is waiting for that bride, the glorious bride that we would be radiating with the honor that God wants to put in us. And this is a year that we're going to learn it, church. We learn community, but as we grow in community, we learn honor. And the only way it happens is growing in the love of God. Honor is not, I'll prefer you if you only prefer me. 
honor is saying, I will lay myself down. Your dysfunction, not being able to love me, is not going to stop me the same way Jesus loved us when we were unlovable. Because he saw our hurt. He was touched by the feeling of our infirmities. I remember being uh, at an outreach and seeing a young man, and, uh, and he was probably about 25, and he was real tough. He was just real hard. He walked with a gangster limp. And, and, the, and you could just tell he was walking over to just check out what was going on in his hood and his territory. And at first I'm like, man, who's this punk? I'm just being real with you. And then God said, no, no, no. You see that little boy that was hurt because he never had a daddy? And my heart began to bend for this man because I saw the infirmity, the weakness, the hurt. That's honor. That's love. Learning to be that glorious bride like Jesus loved us and we love the world. 1 Peter 2.17 says this, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Say that. Let's, let's read the word of God together. Ready? Read. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, Honor the king. Honor all people. In spite of they honor you if they don't. Families, relationships, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters. Honor all people. Honor the king. Who's the king right now in our country? Obama. Honor the president. Don't talk bad about him. Pray for him. Honor the president. You know who he's talking about? Nero. Anyone know historically what Nero did? He killed Christians. Ask a Jew to honor Hitler. They'll probably, you know, smack you in the face. Peter's saying, you need to, you need to learn this. Th- this, is, this is vital that you learn this. Honor all people. Another place in Scripture, it says, you know, love, but love one another, especially the household of faith, especially one another. See, we're learning community, but in order for God to knit our hearts, this is what we've got to get to become the glorious people that he wants us to. You know, sometimes honor um, manifests and we think that it's somebody kind of like a cheerleader agreeing with what we believe in. That's not honor. Sometimes honor is manifested in its purity in a disagreement. When our hearts aren't quite there, when we don't see things the same way, but we learn to honor, we learn that there's like this submission to one another in the fear of God, not the fear of one another. Honor supersedes submission. If there's honor, there's no need for submission. Well, you need to learn submission. No, you need to learn honor. We honor one another. Because when we're honoring, there's no need for submission. I can receive from you. You can receive from me. We're submitting to one another in the fear of God. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another in the fear of God. Your honor belongs to you. You become honor. Honor is not just a thing you do. It becomes who you are. A wrong view of honor can be controlled by others. A heaven-based honor is untouchable. It's one that knows how to manage his own heart in a relationship. If you're not honoring me, I'm, I'm not going to bite off into it. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to love you. See, honor belongs to us. See, there, there's a saying, all control is an illusion. I cannot control you and you cannot control me. We have to learn this. 
in church. Because we'll try to get submission to happen. We'll try to get all these things, community, all the, and we use the world's frame. We use sometimes the enemy's frame, fear, intimidation. We will literally look for people with insecurities. Leaders do this. Oh, you need to become my disciple. Am I wrong? You see, honor is not being fearful of one another. It's being fearful of God. It's being reverent to the Lord. And there's that automatic submission. But we can't control each other. I'm not going to let the areas of your heart that might not love me make me not love you. That's what we need to learn this year. That's what we need to learn. And I want to read this scripture. Love is being perfected among us. Say that with me. Say, love is being perfected among us. Go ahead and read that, Rochelle. 1 John 4.18. I'll read it this time. You'd be ready next time. There is no fear. Let's read it all together. Come on. There's power in the word of the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Ready? Read. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We need to learn to be bound in love. You know, it's like that story of the young man I met. You know, we, we, it's usually the people that I'm not afraid that they're more fearful than anybody else. They walk in it. It's the people that, that actually are a little more yielded, a little more like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm, that, that they're not afraid. Because we're not afraid to face one another. We're not afraid of transparency. You guys remember the illustration, some of you that w- were a part of the church when we did um, some messages on, uh, uh, we did messages on transparency and stuff like that. And, and I want to back up one verse. Read First uh, John 4.17. And I, and I want to share this with you. This is so powerful. Read it, Rochelle, if you would. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may that have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Read it one more time. Love has been perfected among us in, in this, this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. That is so powerful. In this. It says, in this, we can come boldly on Judgment Day to a holy God that in the Old Testament, Uzzah touched the ark and fell over and died. I mean, this is a God that you don't mess with the holy stuff. I mean, God is God. And, And there's this holiness and this trembling. Read some of the old encounters, the, the Old Testament encounters with God. This holy God, by the blood of Jesus, this supernatural love that God had for people, you know, yet while we were sinners, Romans road, Romans 5, 8, yet while we were, were sinners, unable to love God, he loved us and died for us, that we can come boldly to the throne. We can come to the throne of God where there's thunders and lightnings, the same sound that the people trembled. And they said, Moses, I don't want to hear that voice. It brings judgment. Literally, physically, I was, they were dying. Their bowels were failing. The judgment of God. But now, in the new covenant, we're not under the law. We're under grace. We're under love. And we're learning honor. We're learning submission. But in that, there's, there's something so profound in this that if I can come boldly to God, 
How come I can't bold, come boldly to you? Totally open. Totally transparent. I loved Cassidy's devotion yesterday about being open, being transparent, not to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid anymore. We, when we live in, in his presence, there's no fear. Adam and Eve, that's what she did a devotion on. And most people would not think of, um, that was divine revelation, how they were in the presence of God. They weren't ashamed of their nakedness. Now, in the natural, it's different. I'm talking about in the spiritual. Leave your clothes on, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all say that together. No. Let's make it more powerful. We shouldn't have to be afraid to be transparent before one another. Why? Because we've learned punishment. We've learned fear. We've learned intimidation because of our insecurity, because we don't know honor, because we don't know love yet. We're learning to be governed by love, to be ruled by love in the new covenant. And we learn that I don't have to be afraid what you're going to think of me. Now, there's areas that you're you're not going to be fully transparent to everyone in your life. Even Jesus had Peter, James, and John. He had the, the close ones that he poured into. And then he had the nine and then he had the 70. And I'm sure there were some times he revealed certain things to, you know, Peter and James and John. He said, hey, come in here. I want to watch. I want to show you how to raise the dead. Close the door. You guys remember the story. Read the Gospels. So, but there's a transparency that has no fear because there's no fear in love. So if we're walking in love, we're not afraid. We're not afraid to approach one another. How can we be afraid to approach one another if we're not afraid to approach God on judgment day? We can come boldly. We can come boldly. First John four seventeen. We're not afraid to face each other. Now, I want to read this verse, Rochelle, if you would. Isaiah 16, 5. It's a little chilly in here if someone wants to turn on the air. Here, here, and in the nursery. Leave the thermostat the way it is. Just, just hit on or auto, whatever it is. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Jesus. This is so good. Now, honor and becoming glorious is produced when we are ruled by love. We're not under the law. We're under grace. The favor of God, the supernatural favor of God. Do you know what grace is? It's your, it's the ability he gives you to love. It's just an overflow. Jesus, this is Jesus. Grace is a person. Faith is a person. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. They're all manifestations of him. God is love. Hello? Read this Isaiah 16, five, and I want you to read it in the message translation. A new government of love will be established established in the vul- venerable venerable David tradition. A ruler you can depend upon will head this government. A ruler passionate for justice. A ruler quick to set things right. He says, "A new government of love will be established." Say that. Say, "A new government of love will be established." This is what the church needs. The bride needs to get this. In order to be glorious, we have to understand his love. Ephesians chapter 5. What does it say? That he might present a glorious church. How? How are we sanctified by the word? By understanding that he gave everything when we didn't deserve it. That's honor. That's love. The way we learn honor is through love. We've got to be ruled by love. If our households are ruled by love... Imagine the effectiveness in marriages and in raising our kids. Imagine the glory that would radiate to the world. They say, how are you doing that? 
you don't even need to spank. You know, I believe in spanking strong-willed children. I believe what the Bible says. But there's times that it's so much more effective when you're governed by love. I see parents do it. And I'm like, that's good. I like that. You don't always have to raise your voice. There's effective discipline because we're ruled by love. A new government of love will be established. What we need to learn is learn to live out of our hearts and not live as Westerners as we do so much from our intellectual and, and just the outward. Hi, how are you? We've got to learn to live from our hearts. Live out of, Remember Harold Everly was talking about relationships and harmony? Those of you that never heard that message, I can get you a copy of it. But it, it's, it just ask me later. But it's so important that we learn this. We learn to live out of our hearts. When we're ruled by love, we learn, we learn to live out of our hearts. We've got to get rid of the heartless culture in the church, too. Well, what do you mean? It, it's, it's a place from not communicating, not valuing one another, not living heart to heart. Read Romans 12.10 if you put it up there. This is so good. Romans 12.10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. Read it one more time. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. See, in the Old Testament, they were governed by law. In the New Testament, we're governed by love. Love fulfills the law, is what Jesus said. It's fulfilled in that. That's the new covenant. The reason that we learn to be governed by love is because law and legalism and operating in fear and saying, well, you're going to be punished if you do wrong, which is the opposite, which is actually dishonor. What that does is it actually will put people in more bondage. That's what legalism is. Because love puts a greater demand on your potential to be free and to do what God created you to do. Not law. Love puts a greater demand. The way that we minister to one another, the way that we love our children, those of us that have children. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13 in the message is, is a great definition of honor. Read 1 Corinthians 13 on your own time. I want to now turn um, and I want to read, Rochelle, if you would, Psalm 115.1. Here's how we do it. The heart cry of Moses, the cry of Moses, the heart of David, revealed in Jesus is the very glory of God, His presence, His manifest presence. How do we learn? There's something I'm so fascinated by. I don't understand it. But there's something about when I'm in His presence, my heart just changes. It's easy to love. I have way more value on value. I love my wife. There's honor. Honor comes from this. See, we're ruled by love, but what God is love. So when I'm wrapped in his presence, Moses' cry was what? Show me your glory. I want to see your manifest glorious presence. He said, I'm going to make my goodness pass before you, but you can't see my face. But there's a heart cry in me that says, I want to see him revealed. See, when the Lord's revealed, we become like him. When the Lord is revealed, we become like him. Rochelle, would you read Psalm 115.1? Not for our sake, God, no, not for our sake, but for your name's sake, show your glory. Do it on account of your merciful love, 
do it on account of your faithful ways. Let's read it all together. Oh, no, you, you don't have it in the message. Read it in the message translation again. Read it if you would. Not for our sake, God. No, not for our sake, but for your name's sake, show your glory. Do it on account of your f- merciful love. Do it on account of your faithful ways. See, we need substance in, in our lives. We need glory. We need honor. Show us your kabod. Moses, that's the Hebrew word. Show me your weighty. It comes from a word to be weighty. Weighty. Like when we're worshiping, there's that weighty presence. We learn honor from this heart cry, from being in his presence. I, I don't understand, but we, we get, we understand what really matters in his presence. Like this little precious little girl. That's what really matters in his presence. The children, the disciples didn't get it. And he said, no, 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 bring the kids to me for such is the kingdom of heaven. He was trying to teach them what really matters. In God, we learn in his presence, we learn what really matters. God makes those adjustments in us. Show me your glory. We become like him. Now, there's there's some revelation. I think we could really camp out on this next verse I want to read. Give me about five more minutes and we're going to close. 1 John 3. We're going to read verses 2 through 3. Rochelle, would you read it? This is really good. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Are are you seeing this? This is so powerful. Beloved, now we're children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we will be. We're going to be glorious. Radiant. The world's going to say that's the desire of the nations. That's the bride. She's beautiful. Now, the world's never going to see that if the church doesn't stop bashing the bride. Take note of that. But we know this when, check it, he is revealed. Say, he's revealed. Now, Jesus is coming again, and he's going to be revealed. And what happens is we're going to be like him. Just like that. The Bible talks about the changing of our bodies from terrestrial to celestial in the twinkling of an eye. Amen? For we will see him as he is, as he is. Is he glorious? And everyone who is, has this hope purifies himself just as he's pure. Now check it out. Is God being revealed right now? And do you become like him when he's revealed? This isn't just for the second coming. It's when you're in my presence, my glory, you learn honor. There's substance. There's weight because you learn my love. When you learn my love, it's not like yours. It's totally different. It's not based on your condition. It's not even based on your heart condition. Derek hugged me last week and made me cry. He said, you'd love me when nobody else would love me. And I said, I did, huh? I remember that. <laughs> and I didn't mean it prideful. I just thought about it for a minute. Years ago, I was learning God's honor. I was learning to honor. I was learning the love of the Father. That I didn't see things the way everyone else saw. I said, I see something else here. I see a man of God. 
love me when no one else would. How many people are going to come to us in five years and say, you love me when no one else would because we become his glorious bride? Read Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Just start it, please. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together. Say fitted together. Fitted together. Keep reading. Grows into a holy temple Mm. in the Lord. In whom you all, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. This is tying in with the tabernacle of David and the glory. It's just becoming the bride that we're supposed to. Lovers of God, fascinated that when I'm in His presence, the other night, last Saturday night, I said, "Let's take communion." I came upstairs to my wife and. We didn't have wine or grape juice, so I used a little kombucha. And it worked, praise God. Sorry. Got to, you know, use what you got. They didn't have food to feed the 5,000. Jesus says, well, you got a couple baskets there, multiply it. Amen. So I used the resources I had at the moment. But I said, honey, let's take communion. And we began to worship the Lord and pray. And we took the bread. This is your body broken for me and we took it together and we said Lord this is your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of my sins and the presence of the Lord just just fell on us you remember and it was his glory it was his presence and and I'm like and I hug my wife I'm like wow this means so much right now this moment means so much there's into there's so much intimacy it was spiritual intimacy with my spouse and it was it was just amazing. I can't even explain it. I can't even explain it, but there was something that happened in the spirit. We were joined together. And his presence rested on us. And we're becoming glorious together. And we all need to become glorious together. His glorious bride, his glorious church. I want you to read quickly Ephesians four, one through six. I have three more and we're gonna close. You guys getting anything out of this? If not, you're probably not saved. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. I love you I, all. therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now read Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. 
Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. One of the versions of this scripture said, learn to play the second fiddle. Always trying to be the one heard. Look out, prefer one another. These verses I just gave you, I want you to write down, along with 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 through 3. When he appears, we'll be like him. In the revelation of who he is, we're changed. It's his glory. It's his honor, his substance of who he is. It, it transforms us from the inside out. We've got to be, we have to understand that we're called to humility and honor. Not false humility, which is self-promotion. I'm going to humble myself because he's going to exalt me. I'm going to serve because that's how I get somewhere in church. I want to serve. No, no, no. That's not a spirit of excellence. A spirit of excellence does not say, I'm going to come and do this better than you. It says, how can I serve and help you in your vision? Hello? I'm not talking about submission to the pastor. God will work that stuff out of you. I don't need to tell you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just messing with you guys. Actually, I'm kind of serious. But there's something about true humility where it's like honor. Just It's like, oh, I honor you. I honor you. You have value. You have value. Amen. We have to put on honor. We have to be clothed with honor. Romans 13, 14 says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions of the flesh to fulfill its lusts. I'm not like I used to be. I'm a new creature now. I can love like he loves. I don't love based upon your ability to love and honor me. I don't honor based upon how much you love me and honor me. Because when I learn real honor, I learn that I can honor you no matter what. Because you can't touch my love and my honor because it's from heaven. Hello? In a marriage, man, if we learn this in a marriage... Strong marriages, strong families, strong church. One body. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We're bound together. We're being fitted together. We're learning honor. We're learning to become His glorious bride. As we lay down ourselves, the song that we're singing earlier, God's calling calling us to intimacy. He's drawing us to intimacy. And we're laying everything down. And then he clothes us with robes of righteousness as we lay everything down. In a moment, we're going to play a song, and I'm going to pray for you. And the Lord's going to restore you, his bride. There's a song that was written uh, spontaneously, and it was directed to women being restored and also the bride. So as you hear this, men, remember you're the bride of Christ. And let the Lord, let the Lord just repair you because he says you're glorious. There's a story that Heidi Baker told, and I want to share it with you as we close. She said, a few years ago, I had a heavenly visitation, which God spoke very clearly to me. I was going through difficult time because several children in our AIDS baby house had come down with a terrible case of measles. I was crying with my coworkers, and I said, Oh, Jesus, come to me now. I need you now. These are our babies. That's when I saw Jesus in a vision, and he looked at me. I was undone. 
When I see his face, I'm ruined. But he looked at me and noticed that he had two robes in his hand. In his right hand was this glorious, translucent robe, dazzling and radiant. The material looked almost alive. It was stunning. A white robe with gold, blue, and royal purple interwoven in it. It took my breath away. I looked up at Jesus and said, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. In Jesus' other hand, there was another robe. It was a brown burlap. It had rips in it, and it was not clean. And I've never liked brown, she says. But when I looked at Jesus again, he said, Heidi, choose your robe. She started screaming, I want the brown robe. I want the brown robe. Immediately, I thought to myself, she said, what am I saying? I do not know what I said because my natural heart longed for the beautiful robe. The Lord smiled at me with these eyes of liquid love and said, you've chosen well. This is the robe that I wore on earth. And Jesus himself put the robe on me. Then he continued, he said, this other robe is yours too. In the kingdom, listen, you will marry me in this robe. If we were low, he will lift us up. If we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. If we walk as he walked, wear what he wore, and love as he loves, we too will inherit the earth. Close your eyes, let's pray. Go ahead and put that on. I want to open the altars, and we can just linger. We have... 20 minutes before the next service. Let the Lord restore you his beautiful bride. Women, receive this restoration for you too. Individually, turn it up. Father, right now, you're making us glorious. I invite you, come in your weighty presence. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Shembrakata. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Tears flew down. 
put on the brown robe. Knowing that you'll give us the other one, we just lay down. We lay down. We clothe ourselves in humility. And we choose to honor and prefer one another. In your presence, we're being joined together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to dismiss this service. And those of you, leaders, worship team, Come burn up front here unless you have something to do. I want to invite you to do that. Start the countdown in about seven minutes, okay? Love you. Bless you. Covered by the 